Hi, I'm Glenn Harper, CPA and owner of Harper & Company, CPAs Plus, and partner in Sula Consulting. In each episode, my co-host, Julie Smith, Harper & Company's practice manager and partner in Sula Consulting, and I will interview a different guest about their entrepreneurial journey. The podcast features interviews with business owners, aka entrepreneurs, who bring intriguing and entertaining clarity to the entire entrepreneurial journey, giving others confidence to build their business. Our goal is to provide actionable value to you, the entrepreneur, to help you do business or build a business. Every entrepreneur deserves to enjoy the journey. Learning from others offers valuable insight and inspiration. We want to provide insight on the why, the how, the shortcuts, and the value add that many entrepreneurs wish they would have had identified at the onset of their journey. Sit back and enjoy the journey. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Empowering Entrepreneurs podcast. This is Glenn Harper. Julie Smith. What's up, Julie? Hey, it looks like you survived another tax season. It's a miracle, barely, but uh, we did make it. Um, you survived as well. Yeah, not no more wrinkles, no gray hair. I think I did good. You seem a little tense this morning, all right? Yeah, just still looking for a bulldozer for a couple problems, everybody but other than a, that, you know, yeah, Everybody good. needs a bulldozer. Well, you got your coffee, you should be lined up. Well, we've got an exciting guest today. we got Pamela Katz, a fellow entrepreneur, who's a driving force behind your CBD Haven based in Roswell, Georgia. She'd help many wannabe clients turn their pain into comfort. How are you doing, Pam? Welcome to the show. I'm doing great, and thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. Our pleasure. Is is the Roswell, is that the same place where the UFOs are? No, nah. uh, we're in Georgia. That's in uh, New Mexico. Right. So. <laughs> Just testing. It's testing. Now, I also detect a slight Creole accent. Is that from your time at LSU, or did you grow up in Louisiana? I grew up in Louisiana, but you're the first person who's ever told me that, that I have that accent. I'm just making it up, really. But uh, Okay. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I can go into it if you Oh, I know. You know I, can, I bet it can come out real quick. Did you grow up in Louisiana then, your whole life? Um, grew up, we moved around a lot, um, but grew up mostly in South Louisiana, New Orleans, um, and then, uh, I went to LSU and when I graduated, literally two weeks later, I moved to Texas and, um, Dallas and lived there for a couple of years. And then I moved to California for nine years and then, uh, moved out to Atlanta back in, uh, 94. So all these places, I didn't have a job. I didn't know one person. Um, but, uh, everything worked out great. And that was kind of my I had a lot of goals in my life. And uh, so um, I was in advertising for many, many years, advertising and marketing. It's, so. it's funny when I was stalking you online, you know, I couldn't get a feel if you were, you had worked, had real jobs and then went to school or if you did school, then we had real jobs. And if you went back to school, you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I did go to school <laughs> and um, I majored in journalism. And then, uh, like I said, I moved to, Texas. I moved to Dallas and worked at for a, an ad agency, a couple of ad agencies, and then um, and then I wanted to move again. I, and I moved to LA and worked for a couple of agencies there for almost ten years. And then I knew I didn't want to stay in California for the rest of my life, so I would go to different cities and interview for jobs um, for my vacations. And I didn't want to just leave LA and just go someplace else. I wanted to move to a place I really wanted to live. So, um, so like I said, I went to a different, on every vacation, I would set up interviews. 
um, because uh, I knew that if I wanted to move to a place, I had to not just look at a new place as a vac- like a vacation destination. I need I wanted to get a, a good feel of what the place was like from a business standpoint and so forth. So um, I explored different cities, and then I came to Atlanta, fell in love with it, and um, and then I moved out here and then got a job. Well, at Jerry Walter Thompson at the time, um, probably about three months later. So, um, but yeah, none of those places that I ever know anybody. I mean, people think I'm crazy, but it's been, uh, it's been a journey. It's been a great adventure. That was my whole goal with my life was to have a, create an interesting life. Um, not a, not a happy life, but an interesting life. I mean, it's not that I wanted to be unhappy, but my whole goal was to meet interesting people and, do interesting things and and be engaged and and excited. So, and so Georgia, Georgia was the one that you stayed and fell in love with because it sounds like you've been there the longest. Yes. Well, I came here, moved here at the end of '94. Um, my goal, one of my goals, was I wanted to buy a house, um, and so I knew I, that was never going to happen in LA, <laughs> and um, or I felt that, and I knew I just didn't really want to stay there for the rest of my life. Um, had a great time um, living there in Texas and so forth, but came here um, a year later. I bought a house. Then, of course, literally the day I moved in, I met my husband. <laughs> and, into um, yeah, so I was a blind date. So, of course, um, after that, then I got married a couple of years later. And then now this is at home, been home for. I can't believe it's been home since the end of 94 and I've changed courses in my life as far as careers. I, when I moved here, I stayed in the advertising business and, um, and then about, and then I went back to school um, back in early two thousands or maybe 2003, 2004. Um, I was burnt out. And I don't know if you know anything about the advertising industry, but it can burn you out. A lot of long hours and so forth, but um, I kind of went on a sabbatical. I, I'm a big reader. I believe the importance in reading um, and kids learning to enjoy reading and so forth. So I thought about, you know, maybe I wanted to be a librarian. <laughs> so I went back to school um, and got my master's in library and uh, information sciences. So um, I did that, but then I realized I don't want to be a librarian. Um, so I ended up going back into advertising after a couple of years of that, of going back to school. And um, then I went on the client side, was in marketing, uh, worked my last gig, so to speak, is I worked for a medical device company for about 10 years, 19 years. And specifically, I worked in pain management, which means that our company developed um, equipment and also a procedure for physicians to use to help with cl- with patients who had or suffering from chronic pain, chronic musculoskeletal pain like um, uh, osteoarthritis and so forth in the knee and hips and shoulders and so forth. So I became very, 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 very familiar with the issue of chronic pain. Um, over 100 million, over 100 million Americans in this country suffer from chronic pain, 
And, um, and then of course, part of that, I became very familiar with the opioid crisis. And um, so that's kind of my background in terms of what kind of led me to what I'm doing today. Do so, you, do you think, uh, so when you were, you know, I was looked on the Google maps and Alpharetta, Georgia is very near the famous yeah. Chattahoochee river. Did you get yes. Alan Jackson on that river at all? Do you know? You, no, you know, you I know, never did. Thought somebody famous, no. I thought it'd be a chance, but you know. <laughs> no, I I don't even follow country music. Oh my goodness. So. I, I don't know how that's yeah. possible in Georgia, but that's okay. You know, you got to have your thing. Well, you know, what's yeah. funny is uh, it sounds like you had this, uh, you know, it's in, uh, being an entrepreneur that you decided that's enough with corporate America and you want to be an entrepreneur and, and own your own shop. You, you had, it sounds like just hearing your little bit of your story, you had those tendencies. You didn't even know it. Um, not, I didn't even know it. Right. right. Not, non, <laughs> non normal people do not schedule a vacation and go interview and go explore. That would be an abnormal thing that an entrepreneur would do to try to figure things out. So you didn't even know it, but you were already testing for that way back in the day. Yeah. And I, I didn't really fit into the corporate world. Um, uh, in terms of, I would look at the, the, and this is not a slam on the corporate world at all, because I've learned a lot and I gained a lot all over all those years. But what I did learn um, that didn't fit with me, fits with others, is that if you're a maverick, you don't fit in. If you, um, you know, and I had some great, I had some great bosses and managers and leaders over the years, but they don't all encourage that. Um, and, uh, which always confused me because I'm like, wow, I, I we're trying to achieve this goal. And, um, you know, here's some great new, here's some new ideas. Let's try them. Well, no, that doesn't fit. You know? So anyway, so, um, so that was a frustrate. That was probably the biggest frustrating thing, um, over my whole career is that I never felt that I fit. Um, and then, you know, you got to realize it's not always, there's some things that we can all do to fit in if we, if it's important to us, but there were certain things that I felt like I just never could. And it wasn't important to me. Um, so I didn't so much, it wasn't that important that I didn't fit in, even though I, my career grew and I, I grew and, and climbed the ladder and so forth. It was not, is fulfilling as I kind of envisioned my whole life um, growing up that I wanted to work for a big ad agency and blah, blah, blah. And, um, and I did, and I, you know, and I climbed that ladder, like I said, but I don't know. I, I felt like, why am, why is this not as satisfying as I kind of envisioned it to be? Um, I worked 80 hours a week. Um, it's so, so it wasn't, I mean, I knew that I had lots of dues to pay and all that sort of thing, but it, it, it would get to the point where I'd work so hard and, and Hey, um, here's some great ideas and, and let's see it through and so forth. And then there would be so many obstacles that I had zero control over. And I think that's one of the things you have to, I learned about myself is that I'm kind of a control freak <laughs> in the sense that I like to be responsible and accountable for um, what I do, even if that includes failing. And so, um, but that doesn't always work in the corporate world, but I didn't seek out starting my own business because I thought one day, Oh, I want to have my own business. What happened was 
is that I was, you know, going on fine um, with my job and so forth. But one day I fell off a treadmill and my foot, this is back in 2019, April of 2019. And my foot ballooned. Of course, I was at the gym in front of everybody. But the anyway. Best place to do it. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. My husband says, you've got the biggest comfort zone of anyone I ever met. You have no problem humiliating yourself. Um, so um, anyway, but my, my ankle blew up like immediately. And at this point, my, and this is a long story that I'm not going to go into, but my husband happened to have a sample of some CBD pain cream. Um, he was actually looking into investing into the um, into the industry. The 2018 Farm Bill had just passed and so forth. I knew nothing about CBD. I mean, nothing um, at all. And so, but he happened to have some pain cream that from a trade show he went to just to see if it was a viable industry to invest in. And when I fell off the treadmill, I had had the same issue with that same ankle twice before. So I always knew, uh, you know, I had to be in that walking boot and so forth for 12 to 14 weeks because I sprained it. And he had the cream. He said, well, why don't you try this on and see if it helps? And I was like, yeah, sure. Snake oil. Um, and, um, but I started putting it on every day. And yes, I was in that walking boot that the orthopedist, insisted that I use. And long story short, I was back on the treadmill running in two weeks. Um, wow. And since I had something to compare it to, I was blown away because it really healed it quickly. I had, it, I had no pain. The swelling went down. I didn't have to wear that boot anymore. And so I went back to the gym. I thought, well, you know, maybe I could kind of walk on the treadmill. Well, before long, I was running on it. And I was like, wow, this, this really works. And um, at the same time, my company, I worked for a big company. We had been sold, spun off and sold twice in four years. And um, so there was a huge cultural shift, huge culture change, management change, a lot of stress at work. I mean, my department went from 20 people to three people. And so I heard that CBD helps with stress and anxiety. And I'm kind of a high strung person, <laughs> but, um, so I started taking it and because of stress at work and it was amazing. The effect, the difference that it made now, it didn't make me, you know, in a fog or anything like that, or it didn't make the world lollipops and rainbows, but what it did is it helped me react to the stressors and the triggers that would make me anxious with, with what was going on at work and so forth. So I thought, well, how does this work? Um, so I started going to trade shows myself. Um, I wanted to find out how it worked, the biology behind it. And so I started taking courses. I went to some trade shows to learn how does this thing work? Is this, how does it work for pain and for stress and anxiety? And so um, the more I learned about it, the more it made sense. And the more I was like, I literally, I was on the trade show for, this is in Miami, I think. And this is in August of 2019. So this was within a period of about four or five months from when I initially hurt my ankle. And I was on the trade show floor and I was like, people need to know about this. You know, because I'm thinking of the opioid crisis. I'm thinking about the pe people in pain and how this isn't really getting out there. And um, so my husband turned to me and said, well, why don't you open a store and start educating people? And I was like, really? Uh, 
yeah, you're right. Um, why don't I? Was that your aha so, moment or what? Yeah, and that was in August of 2019. And I knew nothing about retail. I, except I did work at JCPenney's um, when I was a freshman in college. But other than that, I knew nothing about retail, where to start. And of course, I still had my job. Um, and But that was August of 2019. And I opened the store in January of 2020. So That's pretty fast. What, Six months later. And, uh, but that was incredible because I still had, I was still working and I couldn't tell anybody that I was, Hey, I'm, I'm going to quit and I'm going to start my own business. Um, but did that. And of course I was taking CBD this whole time, which helped, <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah. I opened in January of 2020 and you know, nothing happened after that so much. No, no stress uh, anywhere. It's it was not like we easy. had a pandemic or no. anything. Pardon me. There was no stress at all in the world. It was easy. Yeah, no, no, it was oh. so easy. But um, it was, it's been, it's been now a little over three years and it has been an unbelievable, wonderful journey. And I'm not saying that everything's been peachy keen the whole time, but it has been more extraordinary than I ever thought. Because my whole goal was I need to help, we need to help people learn about this and maybe I could help some people with their stress and in their pain, really I was saying pain, more pain than anything else. Um, but, it, and there's been a lot of challenges. The industry is challenging because we, you know, even just to get a bank, no banks would, you know, nobody would want to, want it to be our banker because CBD, um, it's hard to find, it was impossible almost to find merchant services. I can't advertise, um, they don't, none of the digital platforms like Facebook or Google or anything except CBD advertising. So I have to rely 100% on social media, free, I mean, posting on social media. And they don't accept advertising from CBD companies. And so, um, and then really one of the biggest challenges is educating people, mainly people my age, who have these perceptions that, oh, it's marijuana and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, it's not. Um, and is it even legal? I'm like, no, I mean, yes, of course I wouldn't be running a store if it was illegal. But, um, so I, so my whole thing is educating people. It's not a one stop, you know, magic pill or anything like that. So there's a lot of education, but there's a lot of partnerships and alliances. And it's been, it's been a game changer for so many of my customers that come in. We're more of a consultative sale, um, I'm not a vape shop or a smoke shop and all that. Um, so it's all about helping people really. And I talk about turning pain into comfort. It means pain, emotional pain. Um, most of the customers I get in are dealing with stress, anxiety, PTSD, depression, um, in addition to chronic and acute pain and also insomnia. But I also have customers who are have Parkinson's or going through um, chemo cancer treatments or other major issues. And so we sit down, we talk about it. And um, I have I have all kinds of customers, people I have, would have never met in my previous life. And um, I, you know, it, you know, uh, people, addicts and so forth that need help um, with dealing with the things that trigger them to drug use or alcohol. So you know, people are like, oh, my God, you're changing my life. And I'm like, no, I haven't. When you walked in that front door, you changed your life. 
And um, I, I can't tell you how many times I've been brought to tears by the success stories of my customers. It's kind of weird. The, uh, the entrepreneur story, it doesn't really matter what the product or service that you provide because there's obviously a need for whatever product or service you have, but right. to be able to, the impact is what's important, right? And that's where you're, you're getting where, I don't know if you are working a hundred hours a week now or 10 hours a week. I don't know if you're making millions of dollars or breaking even those things really don't matter. What matters is if you're getting joy from your journey and where you're at right now. And it just so happens you decided to pick a very almost impossible industry to get into and yet you still are doing it. And so there's hey. a tribute to the, the entrepreneurial spirit. Well, you know, I think and I, I, it's funny because the people come up to me all the time and they're less interested in CBD, but they're more interested in like, you know, how did you quit your job, you know, and to start your own thing? I, you know, what what is that like? I'd like to do that, too, but I'm scared, you know, or I, you know, or and it's usually people my age. You know, I'm a baby boomer or Gen Xer or what have you. Um, and so my mission, besides helping people, teaching people about CBD, but really it's also about helping older folks um, realize that it's not time to wrap it up. You know, just because you think that society tells you that, oh, you're 55 or 60 or whatever, you know, it, you can still, you can still become, you can still reach those dreams. If you dreamt about helping people or starting your own business or whatever it is, you can still do it. And I, you know, I, kind of, I call this my second act, um, this whole journey. And if I can help inspire or help people realize that themselves, that's just as gratifying as helping somebody get sleep that they haven't slept for three nights or deal with the stress and anxiety that they've been dealing with. And because that's become even a bigger issue that I didn't realize at the time when I started my business, that there are so many people out there that are wanting to start their own business, but are too scared or too intimidated or think that, you know, they're, or they think they're too old. And I'm like, old for what? You're not dead yet. <laughs> so, um, 80 is the new 40 so, anyway. So we all know that. Well, that's so, what he yeah. tells yeah. himself. 80, I don't know. 80 is the new 40. So there's yeah. never too late. Never, ever, ever. Because again, what's the worst that can happen? And that's what you kind of figured out. You were burnt out. You're like, this is horrible. I'll do the hardest thing possible. So either your determination and grit is off the charts or the CBD is a miracle drug for you that pushed you over the limit. Either way, I'm going to say it's probably mostly you, but whatever helped you get there, it's all good, right? And talking, all, yeah, talking about, you know, you talk about how people are scared to kind of make that leap from corporate America to being an entrepreneur. And I think we hear that a lot on the show. Mm -hmm. What do you think were some pivotal points? You kind of talked about one, someone who didn't really, you know, you had leaders and managers who didn't really exhibit wanting to know what you could do, right? You kind of had to fall right. in line with all the soldiers. But what are some of the things that you think corporate America taught you that ha you've been able to run a business, successful business, that maybe you wouldn't have had had you not had those experiences? Oh, uh, well, uh, one thing, marketing. I mean, you got to market yourself no matter what you do. 
And of course, my background was advertising and so forth and branding and marketing. That is your number one thing you got to do. I don't care what business you guys know that you're CPAs. Yeah. Did you ever think that you would be a, have your own podcast? With? <laughs> so, I mean, you've got to brand and market yourself. Um, and so I am fortunate enough that I learned a lot about that. Of course, it was my career. And then also dealing and working with all kinds of people. Um, and managing all you know different situations that are challenging, realizing, and this is you know realizing that nobody is going to care about your business as much as you do. And even though I didn't have my own business at the time, I was working in business and and realized that nobody's nobody would was going to care about my projects that I worked on as much as I did. And so those are valuable lessons. And also, of course, there's finance and. Um, you know, you know, the world of business and finance and so forth. But I think developing relationships with people um, and working well with them, even if you don't maybe like them personally or what have you, but learning how to navigate through all that and the political um, structure at, at different companies. I work for different companies and, and you also have to learn how to be flexible um, and, and, and so time management, all those things that, you know, if I had started my business at 22 or 23 or whatever, um, of course I wouldn't have had the insights and so forth, but I, it would have been a, it would have been a bigger, it would have been a bigger struggle, um, emotionally and mentally, you know, at this point in my life to your, uh, you said it earlier, and I've always kind of had this mantra, what's the worst that could happen, you know? Um, and also another one of my mantras is short-term pain for long-term gain. And so what if this is a hassle? I mean, if I can, if you can see the long-term benefits or the long-term, the, the long game, then so what about the little inconveniences or the hassle or the extra hours or whatever in the short term? I think you have to have that mindset that it's the big game and that, and that, and really, what do you have to lose? Um, yeah. So yeah, we'd say like the uh, and again, it's, this is not a dig. It's just the corporate gauntlet is a really intense mm-hmm. thing. And if you can make it through that, you can probably make it through anything. So it's a great training ground. Um, it is. You, you, they used to say, you know, high school, maybe junior high was the hardest. Then it was high school. Then it was college. Then it was the corporate gauntlet. Then it's open up your shop. It just keeps getting harder and harder and harder and harder. But that's how you grow. It's got to be hard. And yep. you talked yep. about during, you know in your corporate days about that team. And it seems like you were always on a team and surrounded by people as you've Mm -hmm. built a business. Have you been able to build a team and create kind of the culture and kind of what you want out of it? Maybe what you had saw, but you couldn't get your hands on previously. Yes. Yes. And one of the frustrating things about the corporate world, again, I'm not slamming all because I, I did have some, I've had some wonderful managers and leaders, but, um, you know, I have, have always had the attitude that I work for my people, not the other way around. Um, and so, and I, and it wasn't like that in the corporate world. In fact, I would, you know, I would, if I praised someone, a colleague or something, I always, you know, copied their boss, let their boss know. And I would get deemed in my reviews that like, you shouldn't be doing that because, you know, I'm like, why, why not? Because you just don't praise other people and, and copy their boss, which I, I'm like, but that makes that person look good. And they are, and I, and it was sincere. 
And I always felt like, you know, if you treat other people well, and I know this is a cliche, when it comes down to if they are going to do something for you or they have to choose between you and somebody else, who do you think they're going to bend over backwards for? Um, and then also building your network wherever you work, you never know. You want to build those good relationships, not just with the uppers, which, but really for the people below you or that report to you or your colleagues, because you never know where they're going to be in their careers and you too. So, um, so where my team now, you know, it's all about them. Um, and you know, you hear corporations talk about their biggest assets being their, their employees, but they don't always act that way. (laughs) Um, but I feel that way because if, my employees aren't happy or my suppliers aren't, or if I don't treat them well, and if I don't treat them well, then they're not going to treat my customers well. And, but it's so important. I think when you build a team that you let them know that they're important to you and that you're just as dependent upon them as the other way around, or if not more. So that gets lost in translation a lot because, again, the I think the whole point of being a leader is to try to develop people, right, and try to get right. the best out of them and help get them the tools they need and help them achieve their goals. And somewhere in there, if you can line up with what you're trying to do and what they're trying to do, you can make some pretty cool magic together. But it, it's yeah. it's hard. It's definitely hard because, um, again, most people are not trusting and, uh, in you yeah. know, as an entrepreneurial world, you got to trust people because if you don't, you'll, you'll never let go. And again, those are those control issues we talked about earlier. Like right. you have right. to let a lot of that go. And if you don't, you're going to be stuck in the bottom again. Yes. And that's, you know, that is probably one of my biggest challenges is that, you know, this is my baby. And, um, and so letting it go and maybe not caring so much about some of the details, um, cause I'm a, perfectionist and so um and so when you delegate and that was always my biggest challenge too in the corporate world delegating and then people not doing what i thought they should be you know how how i would do it um but and that's another thing you learn you know you learn how to kind of like go in the corporate world because you had asked that question earlier and so all those things kind of have come together though in my now that i have my own business i've learned from great leaders of what to do. And I've learned from the not so great ones of what not to do. And so all that's important. All that is important. And um, so it's all come together and, um, and I, you know, I'm still growing and learning. And one of the things I tell people who ask me about, Oh, what's it like to have your own business? And I'm scared. I like to do it. I'm like, you know, you have to stay relevant. Um, you have to keep learning. You can't say, oh, I'm too old for social media or um, that's not the way we did it back in, you know, my day and so forth. If you don't want to be viewed as irrelevant or then you've got to stay up to date and stay relevant, you know, and I, I don't know how to stress that anymore. You've got to do and some of those are going to be things that you don't really enjoy doing or that you, you know, you don't relate to anymore or don't relate to, but you have to do it. Um, like I, you know, before I started my business, even though I was in marketing and so forth, I wasn't crazy about social media. I think I had Facebook and that was it. But when I started my this business, um, I had to, you know, step it up, you know, as far as um, 
a lot of social media and, um, you know, Instagram, I mean, all those things that in technology, I was joking earlier about technology and how I'm not great at it. Um, but that you can't use those as excuses to not grow. It's funny when I looked at, um, when I looked at your website, you know, I was intrigued two ways. I'm going to make a little joke and, you know, sometimes the listeners don't get my jokes and Julie rolls her eyes at me, but I noticed that, you know, you're trying to market to the people that want to use these products that might help them in your business. But then I saw, well, like you got to market to animals because there's a section in there for animals. And yes, I was like, yes. I didn't yeah. even know a dog could use a mouse to go log yes. in and do stuff. But here we are. You have to now get into somebody's head, a customer to get into their dog's head, to get the dog's head back to the customer to say that they need this for that. That's even yes. harder than just marketing to a person. You got to market to something that they care about that's a whole yes. different game, right? So again, you're choosing the hardest thing possible. Well done. <laughs> well, I mean, it may be hard, but it's also fun. No and pain, no gain, right? The, no pain, no gain. But but it's it is, but at the same time, it works. And I'm not going to push it here and all that. And so most of the my, most of my customers are a little skeptical. They all walk in not knowing anything about it. So that's why education is so important. And they have low expectations, like I did when I tried it three years ago. Um, so, you know, we go through a lot. And then the thing about people think, oh, it's maybe it's just snake oil or a placebo. I'm like, it can't be with animals. So it works with their pets, um, dogs and cats and, and all animals, um, because we all have all mammals. And I can go into the science here, but I don't want to bore you. But um, but you know, a lot of people, you know, their dogs especially have, you know, separation anxiety or they get they get arthritis like people do allergies. They freak out at thunderstorms and fireworks and so forth. And so CBD helps a lot with that. And like I said, you know, people will say, well, you know, is it really a placebo? I'm like, again, it can't. If you, if you give it to your dog and, or cat and they have an issue and you see the difference, it cannot be a placebo for them. They don't know about psychology. Um, so um, yep. so that's been extraordinary, too, because, again, I've had people come in with and pets that have major issues. And, of course, I'm not a veterinarian or a doctor, but um, but it's helped them. And they're like, oh, my gosh, it's changed his life. and. You know, and so that's, that's what I mean. It's like, it's so extraordinarily fulfilling. It's, it's funny, you know, you watch a lot of that dog whisperer show and, and, and just in real life and dealing with animals, it, it is amazing how the trainer never trains the animal. They train the human and right. it's the craziest thing. So in your particular case, if you can get the owner calm and then you can get the pet to then fall into step, it, I think everybody's going to have a good time. So that's kind of cool. Right. Uh, but again, it right. starts, you know, a lot of those things has to start. The owner just doesn't know how to communicate with their animal. And if they're too high strung, well, they're not going to communicate either way. So it's kind of right. neat that that works that way. Um, who knew, mm -hmm. right? Who knew? Right, right. And and people come into the store, they're like, oh, you have CBD for pets too? I'm like, yeah, they've got the same issue. They've got issues like we have. Um, and even, you know, and the problem is they can't communicate it. Um, as well. And so, but it's, but it's, you know, it's been, like I said, it's, it's but, hard, but at the same time, it's so rewarding that the rewarding overcomes the hard. 
Um, but I think that's what you're talking about, the teaching and letting people know. And it's just, again, it's a whole nother uh, line of business for you, right? And as an entrepreneur, right. you start off thinking, I'm going to sell ABC. And next thing you know, you're selling DEF and mm-hmm. it's just a natural fit. And that's, you know, that's how you pivot and, and capitalize on some opportunities. And again, for a newbie out there, starting when you're in your early 40s, kidding, of course, right? There's never too late. And, you know, you were able to right. recognize that. So I want to go, I want to, we talk a lot about support and having people Mm -hmm. around you who support you. And I think in the beginning you talked about how your husband said, well, why don't you open a store? Yeah. (laughs) And do you think without his support and his push that you would have been able to rip that bandaid off and do it and maybe even do it as quickly as you did? Or was that a really significant part of your entrepreneurial journey? That was a significant part because, well, not only did he, you know, kind of say, well, you know, don't whine about it. Why don't you do something about it? Right. Cause I was like, why don't people, more people know about this and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, why don't you do something about it? Why don't you open up a store? And the good thing is where well, I got, I did get very lucky. He grew up with a retail background. Um, his parents had three women's stores, uh, ladies clothing stores. So he grew up with um, a retail uh, bent and interest and, uh, they sold their stores back in the nineties when the retail industry you know, collapsed. So he didn't go into it, didn't get to go into it. Um, but, um, and he's an entrepreneur. Um, but, um, and my dad was, and my brother. So I, I did grow up with an entrepreneur mindset and surroundings, but so he really helped me a lot with, cause I was like, I don't even know where to start. You know, I mean, have to find space. Oh yeah. And he's like, well, then you got to figure out an inventory system and a merchant. I'm like, what? Um, so he helped a lot with that, those, the setting up stage, you know, looking for space and even getting a business license. I mean, I've written all this, I've documented all this, um, in my journey, I did videos and so forth, but, um, but, uh, there's, you know, just, there's so many minutia details that, that I had no idea. Um, but there's also other resources and I tell people, okay, so you have, maybe you don't have a husband that can help you with that or, or inspire you with that, but there's so many other resources out there that I've even collected to help people. Like, for example, um, that, you know, your local chamber of commerce, you know, my, I'm lucky that our chamber of commerce in our area is extraordinary, um, extraordinarily supportive, extraordinarily, um, they provide incredible resources for small business owners. Um, and also there's, you know, schools, um, university of Georgia has a huge small business association that you can join and they provide tons of resources and help and, and guidance and counseling and so forth. And sorry about that. And, um, and so, and then there's, you know, there's other, and then, of course, as you talk to other entrepreneurs, we all share because I've, I've gotten to meet a lot of other people that are, you know, uh, business owners. And we all share other tips and and um, like, hey, did you know that, you you know, Fiverr, you know, that's a great source to crowdsource creative work and logos. And and so so building that network, you're I'm, I'm dealing with different people than I dealt with in the corporate world because I'm dealing with other small business owners and we share a lot of information and also vent. Um, and, you know, 
then you don't feel quite so alone because it is a lonely business because people don't understand people who don't have their own business don't understand how much time it takes and passion how much you know passion time and you know it's like well why can't you why can't we get together on Saturday why can't you come to this well I gotta work you know and well you know and so again they don't and again it's no it's no you know I'm not denigrating that but nobody cares about your business as much as you do and I've said that you know but that is so true no matter how much my employees care about it I know you have to have expectations that nobody is going to care about your business as much as you do so um I think having that expectation from others is important too well I think that's I think the, the the final takeaway on that piece is you know it takes uh, you know, big set of what to decide that you're going to go and do this thing. And it is a very terrifying first step, but it's almost like when you cross into that dimension, you don't realize that how many people are there to help before yes. you step over. You don't think anybody's there. And sometimes right. you have to be standing there looking at it and somebody's got to give you the push like your husband did. He just kind of shoved you yep. over there. And then I guess yep. you're there. <laughs> And sometimes you got to accidentally step and, and taste the nectar, whatever that might be. But as soon as you get over there, entrepreneurs, don't don't be scared because there's tremendous resources today. And like 20 years ago, th- those resources were not there. It was Mm-mm. really hard back then, but right. today they're there. Right. They're there. And you just have, but you do have to seek it out. It's just like I was saying earlier, you have to stay relevant. You have to seek it out. But it's all there. And the more you, the more you find this and you find that and then you find, you know, and it, then it becomes the first six months, it was terrifying and, you know, scary and felt like I was on the that treadmill or, you know, and felt like I wasn't going to get anywhere. And then now it's become, it's just a different set of challenges now. But I look back on that and I'm like, wow, you know, that was a lot um, because I knew zero and I still know zero. Um, still learning constantly, but it's much more enjoyable now. So I have one last question for you that we like to to ask, and that is, what is your superpower? My superpower is building relationships with people. I like, and I know this sounds corny and trite and cliche, but I really, really, really like people's stories. I like to meet people. I like to help them. I like to get to know what makes them tick. There's always something I like about everybody pretty much. And so that's my thing was I wanted to create a store that people walked into and were not intimidated. And, um, and I wanted, and that's why I called it your CBD haven. That's a a haven for people. And I I feel like I've been successful in building that because that's what people say when they come in, they're like, you know, I could order online. I could call you. you. I offer free delivery within five miles but I like just coming in here because this is a place I feel comfortable in it. And that, you know, and that, and these are repeat customers. I have like a 70% repeat customer. Um, and so that's, you know, I, I, I never really knew what my superpower was. I always thought it was just that I worked a lot of hours, <laughs> but, um, but that's, you know, I love it. And that's what's so gratifying. And then everything spills from there. That's awesome. Well, that's an inspiring story. If you want to give, uh, 
we appreciate you coming on board here. And if you want to uh, give it a little plug, uh, we'll make sure that uh, the listeners, if they need to get a hold of you, they can do so, if you don't mind. Okay, great. Absolutely. Well, I do free CBD consultations. Um, and you can reach us on my website or you can email me at Pamela at your CBDHaven.com. It's Y-O-U-R-C-B-D Haven, H-A-V-E-N.com. And then also we have our website at yourcbdhaven.com. Um, but, um, but yeah, and that's, I don't push products. I help, I teach people about it and I ask a lot of questions. Um, and then we can go from there and see if, if it could possibly help. Great. Well, Pram, appreciate your time coming on the show. I wish you can continued success. And, uh, this is Glenn Harper signing off. Julie Smith. Take care, everybody. At Harper and Company CPA Plus, we just don't care about the numbers. We care about helping you tap into the greatness of your entrepreneurial journey. You deserve a partner who has helped hundreds of businesses go from paying the bills to building the business and lifestyle of their dreams. Go to our website and download our free guide entitled Entrepreneurial Success Formula, How to Avoid Managing Your Business from Your Bank Account. The link is in this episode's show notes.